Welcome, welcome, guys. Got a, a, another special today. Uh, we call what we call a, a bolt from the blue stroke city fan TV production. I, won't <laughs> I don't my... want to be stroked by bolt from the blue. Please. <laughs> I, won't, I won't stick my little oar in there. I mean, obviously, I'm Bernard Dean, you know that. I've got my own little thing as well. But uh, yeah, so, so all three of us have got together today and we're going to um, look at a certain gentleman, aren't we, guys? We've got uh, Ray and obviously Mike. Yeah, we're going to look at a certain Dunny, I think we called him, didn't we, uh, Ray? A certain yeah. Richard Dunn. So uh, what were your... Personal thoughts of him, uh, Ray, as a as a man. What what do you think? The man, the guy. He would. I think he always tried his best. You could never fault Dunny for trying his best. Sometimes he tried a little bit too hard. <laughs> he, got, he got a few red cards, hurt quite a few own goals. Um, you know, talk about breaking records. You know, before Pep and before Pellegrini and before Mancini, Richard Dunn was breaking records for Manchester and himself. Um, but no, he was a wholehearted player. He give it. I think he gave it everything uh, on the, uh, pretty much from what I remember on the pitch. Even though we, we you know, we had some some pretty poor sides um, uh, at times when he, he was here for a, uh, for a long time. But you know, I think that's a, the as fans, what you want to see is someone giving it whatever they've got. And even if they're, you know, sometimes their skill level or their technical ability was a bit below what you'd like, you can't fault someone for effort. So you know, I, I think for most fans, he was a, I think he was a fan's favourite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, have you any special memory? I mean, obviously he came, he came at a time when City weren't quite uh, guaranteed staying in the Premier League. It was one of those buys for me that was. He was a good typical City player for me. You know, you knew you were going to get everything from him. I mean, what what were your thoughts when it when he joined City? Well, I think he was a, a player very much uh, characteristic of the times. He was with us what for nearly ten years there, and um, I think the the best way to describe Donny is that he was a um, he was a, a very masculine player. I, I think that would be the <laughs> adjective I would use. Um, a, a player's player, too. I know that uh, Micah Richards said that he was every bit as good as Terry and Ferdinand. So on his day, he was uh, one of the best uh, centre-backs uh, in, in the division. And uh, that was good from someone, you know, obviously, who'd, who'd uh, joined as a, 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 as a potential replacement for Edgehill. He'd been played out of position uh, at Everton as a... As a right back, so so that 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 transformation into becoming one of the leading uh, centre backs uh, uh, in that period was uh, was a great one, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more later about some of his records and achievements. But yeah, he was a solid, solid uh, centre back ninety percent of the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he played. Actually, ended up playing under five managers at City, so he he must have been okay to to have for five managers to cope with him. And of course, as you said, Joe Royal had him from the age of seventeen at Everton, and then obviously, latterly after that, uh, Walter Smith was in charge. I mean, he's the guy who was, I think, as you said there, Mike stuck him as a, stuck him as a right back, uh, and that's that's what City sort of, as you said, sort of took him took him on as. And of course, when Royal was at City, uh, we actually paid. I think it was between three point two and. 3.5 million depending on uh which which information you saw a gun as being the correct one i mean i was it was it was he was big wasn't he guy i mean he was six foot two he, well he wasn't massive but he, he was just a machine and he was fast wasn't he it was very fast i was impressed when i first watched him just how quick he was for for a big lad ray i mean were you impressed with his speed he seemed to cover that ground very quickly yeah he, he as i said he was, i think he was deceptively fast because you think he's a bit bit of a unit he's a bit of a tank and Tanks aren't generally that fast, but you know he would cover the ground. He'd eat it up, um, and I, I think he, you know he 
he made some saving last ditch tackles, which the attackers never thought he was going to get. You know, what some people would, would would think, I've got past him, he ain't coming back. And Dunny, as we said, he's wholehearted. He he was, you know, he, he would um, throw himself on the ground to to to, to try and uh, prevent a goal. He'd give it everything. So um, he had that pace, and you know, it's one of those things. And sometimes you look, I look back now and think, I don't think at the time some players looked after their bodies. And I'm not saying Richard Dunn didn't look after his body properly, but I think he could have done it a little bit better. And maybe he could have been a, a little bit faster, a little bit healthier, and, uh, and, and that might have made him a slightly better player. But, look, you know, it is what it is. You know, in, it was a different time back then in the 2000s. Players were different. Um, you know, their diets were different. Their drinking habits were different. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Maybe in a different era, he'd have been a couple of kilos uh, lighter, or maybe a bit more, and he'd have been a bit uh, faster. And, uh, a bit, maybe his concentration would have been a bit better as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he did join City at a, an odd time, didn't he? Obviously, the first couple of years weren't great with the guys. I mean, his first season, we got relegated, so that wasn't very good and obviously saw the end of uh, Mr Royal. And, of course, Kevin Keegan took charge, obviously. Uh, yeah, and Kevin Keegan seemed to like him. Uh, obviously, Royal had been playing alongside Andy Morrison and Steve Howie, I think, for Royal. And, obviously, Keegan Keegan kept him at the back. He, you know, even though you think of Keegan as a attacking flair, etc., he, he was he was quite happy having, having Dunny there at the back. And, obviously, very soon, we were the first division champions Back, back up again but uh, Mike 2003 um, obviously Ray mentioned about the drink culture and stuff like this and I think there have been problems at Everton uh, with his falling out with Walter Smith we had some disciplinary problems in 2003 uh, that resulted in a in a club suspension for him do you, do you remember anything about, about that time? I don't ex- exactly remember what that was um, what that particular suspension was for. I I know that he was involved in separating a lot of players at City. He tells a story about uh, trying to control um Joey Barton um and and stop him from murdering half the uh, half the training squad but um, you're going to have to remind me about the, the particular reason for that one but I know that he did get suspended yeah. Yeah, I think it was a mix, Ray, wasn't it? I think the thing, he, what what actually happened was he, he actually knuckled down, lost a little bit of weight and got fit. So I think it was a, a combination of perhaps a lack of discipline and pushing putting, pushing the boat out a little bit. Don't yeah. you think so, Ray? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think it was ever, I don't remember it being revealed what had gone on um, to, to get him suspended by the club, you know, that those disciplinary problems that you mentioned. But he, like you say, he, he was... He wasn't. He was knuckling down. He was working hard. Uh, um, he, at the time, he was uh, around that time. He was, you know, he got back into um, uh, the international side, the Republic of Ireland side, because he'd really, like you say, knuckled down uh, an intensive fitness program, and he he looked at her rather, uh, let's say, what's the right good word? Svelte. Was that a good word, Mike? Uh, he, he, looked, <laughs> Svelte, you know, yeah. he, he looked pretty sharp. He looked pretty <laughs> sharp. But that's that's you know, and that's. The thing is, it showed that he could do it. He showed that he could knuckle down and get to a level of of, uh, of a, high, a, high, a higher level of fitness than we saw maybe later on in his career. But you know, he, and I think at that time he was going through a phase where you could see him getting better. You know, and, and um, he was consistently good for City. Regularly won the Player of the Year award. I think he won it four times in about five yeah. seasons or something. Four, four times, yeah. Four times, yeah. So yeah. he was the first. Um, City player to win it four four times, 
Um, so and he became captain as well, not not too long after, a couple of years after that. So you know, um, it, it, it just I think it just shows, like Mike said, the players player. You know, the fans loved him to, to be player of the season four years on the banks so or four out in every four out of five years. You've had you've had to play a, a high level of consistency, especially if you're a defender. Um, an attacker can get that by scoring, you know, eight, 17, 18 goals or so. But to be a defender, you have to be a consistent high uh, high level of performance. And uh, the fans have got to love you. The players have got to love you to be club captain. You know, is there a bigger honour for, for for a club team? Um, so it, it, he was. That's a good way. He was, he was all, all round. He was a, a, an effective player, good defender, and a wholehearted um, Manchester City player. I think that um, suspension that uh, Bernard mentioned um, that was was that was the season before he went on that um, four season run of being yeah, um, yeah player player of the of Manchester City's player of the year. So <clears throat> it's obviously uh, I think after that suspension, it was quite widely reported that he was on his way out of of City. So it shows you um, that it, it it was a very effective wake up call for him and. Um, off he went, and as Ray mentioned, not only four in a row, City Player of the Year became captain, as as Ray mentioned as well, and and um, yeah, it shows his um, dedication, <clears throat> dedication to duty. Yeah, I mean, it was in the two thousand and six close season uh, that he became captain, over took over from Sylvan Distan, of course, who, who who was the captain before them. We can't we can't really uh, not talk about Dunny though, guys. And even in those seasons, two thousand four, five, five, six, six, seven, and seven, eight, where he was the Player of the Year, uh, he had a little tendency to do something, Ray. Didn't he, he had a little tendency. <laughs> Perhaps to score, score goals at the wrong end. Um, What's what your thoughts on that? There were two things he had a tendency for. He had a tendency for red cards because yeah. he'd give it everything. And, you know, sometimes when you're giving it everything, you, you, you might miss time at a tackle or two. And like he had, that, uh, like you say, that propensity for scoring in the wrong goal. Uh, and it, look, it was... <laughs> I know you guys are going to talk about his own goals. Uh, someone described some of them. I've tried to blot them from my mind because he scored a lot. And it was also, I think, during a period where we weren't a cracking side to watch either. Uh, I was working with a, a United fan at the time, uh, sharing an office. And so, and I took a lot of stick uh, for, for everything that was going on at City. I think that was it was Piercy there as well. So it was it was a time of some dodgy football at, at City. Um, but... You know, he, he scored a few goals for us. It's a, I think he didn't score enough. You know, uh, when when, I, when you compare his record at City to his international record, I mean, he played, I'm just having a quick look, he played 296 games for City. He only scored seven goals. You'd think, you know, for a, it's not, it wasn't a short defender, he was six foot two. So you'd think he might get a bit more. For the Republic of Ireland, he was a bit more deadly. He scored eight goals in 80 games for them. So he did a little bit better there, but... You guys, you guys can talk about the own goals. I'll, I'll put my fingers in my ears. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to come to come to you, Mike. Obviously, I've got a couple of own goals. I'm going to I'm going to do a couple of goals as well. There's one interesting, a couple of uh, sort of links with an own goal and a and a goal uh, that happened a week within each other. But uh, Mike, I think you've got um, an own goal that you want to tell us about. Yeah, this was one of my favourites. Um... Uh, this was in 2004, and so it was the season before David James joined us as a keeper. And uh, so actually, in the, in the season before he joined us, um, we played uh, West Ham at home. Um, and uh, David James, uh, I think for the only time, or possibly one of the very few times in his career, he um, he took um, a goal kick and hooked it 
the full, virtually the full length of the pitch. Uh, and it looked like a, an Ederson effort, really, because it was um, it was headed towards their um, one of their attacking uh, players. And uh, with that dis- deceptive speed that uh, Ray mentioned, uh, Dunny got there before. But the, I think his uh, close control was a little bit to be uh, desired. <laughs> he stuck out a left leg. It hit him on the side of the left leg and wrong-footed. The goalkeeper went straight into the corner like an arrow. It was just <laughs> beautiful. Um, but obviously... Not so, not so good for him. But um, it was something to behold, uh, and uh, his own goals usually were. Yeah, I mean, I can think. Obviously, there's one. Uh, we'd obviously the first game at the Etihad when we beat United. That was wonderful. But the season after we played United again, the four-five season. Uh, and yes, I mean that's how depressing this. He, he allowed a, a Rooney cross. He sliced it. He sliced it into mm-hmm. his own goal again. I think it was this trying to clear the thing that he wasn't very good at. And he always found the outside of his boot. And obviously, he scored the second goal in a two-nil defeat in that one. Uh, I'm going to come to a later on on the final segment of this because it's uh, for the eight-nine season, which we're going to talk about. Uh, independently, but obviously the six uh, two thousand six seven season was an interesting one because he he actually we got stuffed. I was at this game at Wigan. We got stuffed four nil at Wigan uh, away. Uh, obviously, this is before Wigan used to, you know started uh, beating us all the time, if you like, in the FA Cup. And obviously, it was one of these curled in uh, free kicks into onto the penalty spot. And Donny just headed it, headed it home. Great, great header. Unfortunately, it was in the in the wrong goal. But the interesting thing was, a week later, it was quite interesting because we played Middlesbrough uh, the week week after, and it was actually um, Mr. Cal. I think it was um, sorry, it was actually uh, a. A goal scored for him, where he actually from from a corner, a Middlesbrough corner, and he actually got mobbed by the players. I think he got so much stick for that winning goal the previous week. They actually <laughs> stuck, stuck stuck one in the goal. And it was it was the only uh, only goal of the game, guys. So it's actually a centre half scoring the only goal of the game, which has happened before. I'm sure it'll happen again. But uh, yeah, he got absolutely mobbed. I mean, if you look at if you actually look at the highlights and the celebrations, it, it was a bit more than usual. I think it was just because of that goal at Wigan the previous week that he just literally compensated for it but yeah i mean what we will do is just talk about ray we're gonna have a quick chat about this last season yeah uh, that uh, dunny spent at city he did actually sign a contract to stay at city till 2012 uh but obviously can you tell us a little bit more about gary cook and this this contract (laughs) and what happened in 2008 yeah look things overtook him you know he'd been captain for a couple of seasons uh, I don't think he was playing badly. He was playing, you know, uh, pretty decently. We, we'd been, we, in, in, he signed that contract in 2008, a four-year contract. But the chief executive, Gary Cook, he said of him, he said, China and India are gagging for football content to watch. And we're going to tell them that City is their content. We need a superstar <laughs> to get through that door. Richard Dunn doesn't roll off the... And, I, you know, I think that was extremely unkind to Richard Dunn. Uh, you know, I mean, look, we know Gary Cook was famous for making gaffes. Okay, he might have been right a lot of the time, but he made too many gaffes. And this this was extremely um, uncalled for and unprofessional. I mean, so when he said that, you think, well, he's on his way. Was that the time we had, um, was it Faction Sinawatra has bought City? Uh, was it that, that season? Or, or the Shake bought us that season? I've yeah, the Shake, the Shake, yeah. Of just bought us. So we'd had Faction uh, Sinawatra uh, before that. Um, the ex-Thai Prime Minister. And and then Sheikh Mansour bought us in, I think it was that in September 2008. Um, so you thought, well, you know, Dunny's on his way out, you know, with language like that, 
Um, obviously, the, the hierarchy at City aren't looking favourably on him. And I think a lot of players, if they'd heard that, they'd have um, took the umbrage and gone. But Dunny stuck around. I mean, you know, he just signed a new contract the month previously. Uh, and I don't think he was going to go. And, and also, probably, if you think about it, because City had a bit of money at the time, although we had financial problems uh, under Thaksin Sinawatra, he Dunny signed a new contract in 2008. So, you know, he, was, he wasn't too old. He was still uh, 29 years old. So I, I've got a feeling that was a pretty decent contract and you know it's 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 if it's going to be your last major contract it's probably it's probably a good one and you're not going to get something as good as that somewhere else you know uh because city were on the way up so I, I think that's possibly one of the reasons he stuck around and he stuck around and, and he, he did well he played most games in that season 40, 47 starts that's a lot of starts and if you think if it's a 38 season league campaign city don't have that many games in the fa cup and league cup um and there was no Europe for City, I don't think, back then. So playing 47 times is pretty much almost all the games. Got a few red cards, which is um, a nice way to sign off with three red cards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he got a goal. Looking here, he got a goal on his 20. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about that, Ray, in a minute when, you, when you're when done. I'll just have a quick um, chat on that, yeah. But he got eight red. his eighth red card against Wigan. That's a record he held with Vieira and, and Ferguson. So... Um, you know, he's, he stuck around, but then obviously that was his last season. Yeah, I mean, as you say, he knuckled down. I'm going to come to Mike in a minute. I just want to talk about that 8-9 season because it started quite well for, for Dunny, even though, say, he'd had a bit of an upset. And it was interesting enough that uh, Ray just mentioned the goal then. It was actually against Portsmouth in a 6-0 thrashing. I mean, we didn't we didn't have many of those 6-0s in those days. We've become quite used to them, haven't we, guys, over the last few years. But uh, it was a 6-0 thrashing. What was more important, it was the first time Caldoun had come and watched a game. It was actually the first time he'd actually been in the stands to watch the game and he got a great welcome. And the actual first goal, I mean, this, this I just watched the commentary back today. And obviously when you got names such as it's Alano passes to Rubinho and Joe scores the first goal. I mean, you're talking classic times, aren't you? The 8-9 yeah. season. And of course, it was the second goal done he got from an Alano corner he slid in from about six yards and the, the goalkeeper was a certain David James uh, and it was his 29th birthday as well so uh, obviously it was a great day on the 21st of September but Mike yeah it went okay he played lots of games as Ray said 47 games I th uh, obviously he had a three red cars I think Ray mentioned them but uh, it all sort of went wrong after that season, season uh, Mike what's your recollections and, and why he ended up leaving us well I uh, signed a uh... Colo Turi and uh, Julian Lescott. And um, I mean, one of the ultimate ironies is that Julian Lescott is a name that doesn't roll off the tongue in Beijing. And he was his, <laughs> um, he, he was his um, effective uh, replacement. Um, I think Martin O'Neill at Villa put in a, a, a bid, which I read was five million. So, um, he's, um, you know, a bit of a bargain. Hmm. Um, and uh, there was a, a, a bit of... Uh, confusion about that particular deal i think it was signed on the transfer deadline day or uh, but the, not all the paperwork had been um, verified or ratified um that's kind of uh, my memory memory of it and um disappointed to see him go actually and uh, obviously there was a lot of um you'll probably remember this guys a lot of um uh, bad blood between uh, everton and uh, city as we were trying to get julian lescott and uh, that was stoked up a lot by um their manager at the time was a David Moyes, and mm. uh, 
he eventually was was really to become i think uh Dunny's um like for like replacement uh Colo Toure possibly uh, you know playing on the other side of him but um yeah I was disappointed to see him go yeah I mean obviously he finally signed for Villa on the end end of August about 27th of August 2009 he'd only won a division one title with City which was a shame considering what was going to come you know he yeah. perhaps could have had another three or four seasons perhaps and would we have would we have done what we did with you know with him that we did without him I'm fairly sure we probably could have done as you said Jolene Lescott was was excellent but I'm sure Dunny could have done a done a job as well uh, obviously he joined Villa I think his first First goal, his first goal for Villa. Ironically, as it always happens on the fifth mm-hmm. of October two thousand and nine, of course, was against us. Was against uh, Manchester City, and uh, he, he didn't celebrate, guys. He didn't. He didn't celebrate that goal, and obviously, he got well applauded by the City fans as he did when he came out, and he, he did when the game finished. Uh, obviously, as City fans do, we show we show a lot of respect uh, to Dunny. Uh, I think he went to QPR as well, guys, and yeah. did still played international football. Uh, and I think he retired in November 2015. Uh, Ray, I'll come back to you. I mean, yeah. I say it's a shame he only got one Division One title. It's more than some players get. Let's be honest about yeah. it. But uh, he was—he's he, not going to get a statue, is he? Let, let's face no, it. No, but- what, what a player, what a player. He's not going to get, the thing is, I mean, you look at it, he, he was here, what was it, nine seasons? So he's got the longevity, you know, he's played, as I said, not not far short of uh, 300 games, 296 games or something. So, he, you know, and he was still a good player. And I think we've got to say this, he was still a good player after he left City because the season after he left City at Aston Villa, he was uh, in the PFA uh, Team of the Year uh, in 2009, 2010. So he was obviously doing something right. You know, he was still a good, like you say, Bernard. You know, if he'd stayed around, would he have just got a little bit of our success? I think, I think he was good enough to stay around. Um, to be honest, um, you know, and and maybe he'd have got a season or two under, a season or two more under, uh, you know, Sheikh Mansour's uh, ownership, and maybe he could have got at least in the squad for the FA Cup. I, I don't know. Um, but he, as I said, he was still a pretty good player. And I'm just reading my notes at Villa. He still had the disciplinary problems, um, you know, injury problems as well. He got hurt a couple of times. Um, and he got, a, a, he, I think he had a fight with a couple of players. He got drunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, did, and he had a fight with, the, I think, with Collins. Um, and uh, it was on decent whack as well. He was on 100 grand a week and he got fined two weeks' wages. Um, but I think he, he, in 2012, he got hurt playing against, uh, ironically, against City in a collision with Joe Hart. I think he did his shoulder in and he was out for a, for a, for a while there. And um, he left in 2013, had a little spell at QPR. Um, but now you're dropping down divisions. Um, I think QPR had got, uh, I think they dropped down. So, he, you know, I think he called time. I think he could have carried on. He's not, he's still not that old. I mean, he, he stopped playing in. Um, professionally in 2015 and um he'd been what 30 36 35 36 years old i think he could have gone on for a season or two more but i think he just said you know what's the point of going down a few divisions um just to extend your career and he, he called it time and he, uh last time i heard he was li- living the life um in uh south of well it's not the south of france monte, monte carlo. carlo monte carlo yeah monte carlo, yeah so you know, um, in, 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 obviously he did well in his career. If you, I tell you what, <laughs> living down there, I've, I've been down there once, and uh, it ain't cheap. I tell you what, it ain't cheap. Um, so you know, obviously he was well rewarded 
during his career at Everton City and Aston Villa. So, um, look, at the end of the day, yeah, he's not getting a statue, but, you know, he's he represents a, t- a period of time that, you know, we had s- some downs and some ups. Um, and um, you know, tw- towards the end we would, of his time at City, we were just on the up again. And as we said, it's a shame. He's not going to get a statue. Statues generally go to the guys who win stuff. And, you know, his nine years, maybe he deserved a little bit more, but I don't think he's going to look back and cry about his career and what he's done in international football and, and at Man City. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as Ray said, I, mean, I, I will come to you, Mike. I mean, for me, for me, Dunny was just a typical City player when he came to us. He was just a typical guy that City would sign. Perhaps he wouldn't sign that sort of player. We wouldn't sign that sort of player now. But yeah, he did have he did have the ability. All right, he didn't. He wouldn't break lines. He wouldn't. He wouldn't run out of defence particularly and break. But he would put his body on the line uh, week in week out, and that's where the own goals came from. For me, he scored on goals because he's willing to put his foot and he was willing to try and stop. The Things. And that's why, you know, when people don't criticise particularly, they have a bit of a laugh about his own goals. I, I saw a little channel today that was, it was recorded two or three years ago and they were laughing and saying it. I said, but he actually scored more than he, he scored own goals. I've checked his, I've checked the stats there on Wikipedia. So at least he scored more slightly than, than he let in own goals. So, and he'll, he'll do for me. He was the right player at the right time, Mike. Uh, what are your sort of final final thoughts on time at Absolute, City? Absolutely was. And um, <clears throat> he, he's, he's what I would call a bush bang wallop uh, kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, he had to, do, he had to, um, he had a lot of partners uh, at centre back. So he had to continually. Uh, adjust himself to to new partners all the way through his time at City, and I I, I think um what uh, new managers as well. I mean, managers and you know it's it's not easy, is it, playing for different managers? Yeah, absolutely. And um and I think we can't really uh, finish without mentioning a couple of points about his career for Ireland because he played under an absolute succession of managers, and he was right there, right uh, right up until um Trapattoni. Um, he played under Kerr and he played under Staunton. He played under Mick McCarthy, and I think maybe there there are two moments that stick out from his international career. One is what I would call a classic Dunny performance because Ireland lost um five two to Cyprus. It was a Euro two thousand eight qualification um campaign, and so uh, Dunny uh, scored. Then he gave away a penalty and got sent off. <laughs> so there, it's all in there. It's all in there, and I, I think one of the other things that people remember him for this was um. Uh, qualification campaign for the 2010 World Cup, and this is the game against France. You might remember is the um, uh, uh, playoff uh, against France, and and the uh, Dunny was the handball. Yeah, Dunny was one of the victims of uh, Thierry Henry's uh, handball, and um, I, I, I've read and 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 I remember as well that um, one of the iconic uh, images of that was of um, Dunny sitting. Uh, on the ground, being consoled by Thierry Henry, who was the perpetrator of that um, that handball incident. So, um, I, I've, I think what one adjective you can use to describe his career is is colourful. <laughs> yeah, he's a pundit now. Is he still still punditry for BT? Yeah. Is it guys? Yep. Still yep. Uh, is he? I don't really watch BT that much. Is he? Is he fair to City? He's not one of the. He's not a Niall Quinn, is he? Where he has a dig at us. I assume. I assume he's fair to us. I've not seen him rave. Do you? I, I, to be honest, he's he's pretty pretty straight. I don't watch. You know, obviously, we, when we you, until recently we've been going to so many games, yeah. that you don't get a chance to watch it on the telly. Um, and to be honest, with most of the stuff, I don't watch the commentary anymore. I just you watch the game 
you do your videos or you go off and do other stuff. I'm not one for watching halftime uh, pundits having a you know chin wagon and stuff because usually most of, most of the channels are quite negative about City, so I'm you know they want the other team to win, so I'm not that fussed about. Well, that. he does he does a lot of the City one though, doesn't he? The Match Day yeah. Live is on there a lot. Yeah, so. yeah, because there's, there's not yeah. many. It's not you know if if you're looking at those channels, there's not many pundits out there doing City. Obviously, you have got uh, Michael Richards coming through now. Now, Quinn who hates us. Uh, you've got uh, Steve McManaman who hates us. Um, Danny Mills who hates us. I mean, I don't know what it is with ex City players who. You know, they pick players who don't like City. And I think it's just, you know, at least Dunny's there for a bit of balance. Yeah. Got nice blue eyes as well, hasn't he, uh, Mike? <laughs> He's a blue-eyed Irishman, you know, like, like you know, like uh, like all of us, you know. Like all of you. Yeah. Well, I think I think we're agreed, guys. I hope the viewers, viewers agree that, all right, it's not going to get a statue, but it'll, it'll always be a legend to me anyway, guys. I'm, I'm sure with you as well. And to most City fans, I don't think we can think of anything. We can forgive all the own goals because at the end of the day, what a player. Four, four, four seasons on the trot player of the year. You have to be something special to win that to win that from the City fans. So I think we'll sort of leave, uh, leave, that, leave it with that memory, guys. And... Uh, Obviously, I hope you enjoy this little look at Richard Dunn with me, Ray and Mike, and uh, you'll join us all again very, very soon. So until the next time, guys, uh, we'll say have one on us and up the blues. Up the blues, guys. Up the blues.